Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Today's message, Jehovah Sit Canoe. Jehovah to sit canoe. It literally means the Lord, our righteousness. Notice a new righteousness from God has appeared apart from law. And that righteousness comes through a person. Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahweh to sit canoe. The Lord. Our righteousness. A pride seems to stand full, very tall in the hearts of many in our world today. It's almost like people are rewarded for their pride. We call it strength. But God calls it for what it is. When we feel like we need nobody or we can do it on our own or we can stand, we're the strength. Before we showed up, nothing got done. That pride actually uh, works against those who operate in it. Because the Bible says he resists pride, but he gives grace to the humble. It's yet it's standing tall in the hearts, uh, as a monument in the hearts of many in our world today. Sometimes, once blinded by the same can't even see that they're blinded by their own pride. They can't see it in operation within themselves because pride blinds the user. When you're operating in pride, you just can't see it's you. Very easy to see it in other people, but hard to see it in self. We sometimes fall into the trap of blaming ourselves and punishing ourselves buffeting ourselves and smacking ourselves, thinking we're the worst person or people on the face of the earth. And I don't know why or who I'm preaching to, but there's somebody under the sound of my voice and you've been blaming you for the condition that you're facing right now. Or possibly internalizing it. I talked about pride, but I need to talk about this thing right now that many people, people in our world is facing and that is we fall into a trap where we feel like we've done so much wrong that we're paying for it. We're paying for the pain or paying for the issue that we're facing or that we've done in the past. And I'm here to cancel the voice of the enemy in your life. You're not paying for nothing. If you put your confidence in Jesus. Some under the sound of my voice is actually feeling like nobody is as bad as you were. And that you even deserve to die. Should have been dead. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe God has his hands on your life because he put a word in my mouth for you. You're still in your soul. Trying to make up for what you did. That no one is as bad as you were. No one did what you did. 
And you've done many wrongs. And they're grotesque. Confess, my son. I killed my brother. <laughs> I made some mistakes. Michael Corleone, come on, confess it, my son. But I need you to know that God knows what Michael did. He understands his gruesome, heartless, murderous spirit. And if Michael can ever return unto the Lord and say, God have mercy, he will be met with fresh mercy every time. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 23, it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the excellence of God. Think about it. All have sinned really means all have missed the mark and fallen short of the excellence of God. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every child have sinned or missed the mark and fallen short of the excellence of God. Everyone ever born on the face of the earth has fallen short and has a problem with sin. And some children come out of their mother's womb and have a propensity to take things. They never saw it. No one ever taught them how to do it. And a lot of kids come out of their mother's womb angry. <laughs> they felt... They, they felt what the mother was transferring to them when they were in the womb. <laughs> and a lot of kids come out of their mother's womb. I promise you they use cuss words. <laughs> it was in their daddy. It was in their great daddy. Great granddaddy. Great, 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 great granddaddy. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is that God has made provision for every man. To answer your question, your dilemma, God has made provision for you. Whew, I like a Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 6. This is the name. Jeremiah 23 verse 6. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah saw something was given a word and he spoke it prophetically that the one coming will be given a name the Lord our righteousness Jehovah to sit canoe and then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 amplified in verse 21 it says for our sake he made Christ virtually look at this to be sin I want you to get that let me say it again for our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin. He did not commit sin, but he made him sin. He made him a curse on the cross. He turned his back while he was on the cross. The earth became dark and he turned his face away from him. And when Jesus felt that, he cried out on the cross, my God, my God. The actual word, Eli, Eli, my God. My God, Lama Thabatsthani, which is interpreted, my God, my God, watch this. Why have you forsaken me? He felt the separation that all of us felt when we walked away from God or before we knew that he loved us. The Bible says he made him 
virtually, he made Christ virtually to be sin who knew no sin. So that in and through Christ, we might become endued with, viewed as being in an example of the righteousness of God. Now look at this. He made him sin that he can transfer and do us with, viewed as being in an example of the righteousness of God. You mean to tell me that he endued me with righteousness through Jesus uh, as I'm being in the righteousness myself when I feel so filthy in my soul and even as an example of righteousness in the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord? Absolutely. That's what salvation is all about. And if you can ever understand it and get the revelation of it, you'll start running instead of crawling. You won't crawl from year to year and go through these systems and these cycles of self-deprivation and self-disparagement. But you'll start saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been endued with power from on high. I'm viewed as being in the righteousness of God. And I'm now even an example of the righteousness of God around my fellow man. Notice what I did not say. That I'm endued with my own righteousness. I did not say I'm viewed as being a good man. I did not say that I'm an example of what you should do in life. You got to be good and go for it. I said that in Christ, because he was made sin for me, he took my place on the cross. That he might make me or that I may become endued with. Viewed as being in and an example of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved and acceptable in the right in right relationship with him by his goodness. Now here's for the people who caught in between it stuck in the middle those who are stuck in the middle and the pain is feeling good. I want to get you out of the middle. I want to get you into a place now where you are not just saying, I don't feel it anymore. God says, it's not about your feeling, it's about your faith. And for some of us, our feeling totally dominates our faith. You feel sad, nobody can try. I'm just sad today when faith should make you smile. You're down and out, don't feel like going anywhere depressed, and the faith should pull you out of that stupor. And if we allow faith to work, it superimposes itself over its reverse, which is fear. What we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right standing with him by his goodness. Remember, it's not your righteousness, it's his. And not only did he die on the cross, but then he smears his own righteousness on you. I want you to think about it. I never was picked for the basketball team. I stood on the sideline, but they just, they just overlooked me. Now, some of you are always picked, so you wouldn't know what it's like. You were the superstar. And I hope you never, ever feel what it's like not to be picked. I hope you never ever feel what it's like to never get a date. Can't buy one. For those of you, oh, that wasn't me. I always had it. I always had the goal. I always had the style. I always had the swag. But I got the vibe. (laughs) Oh, God. 
And what we need to do is get to a point where it's not about all of that. I didn't know what it was like to be a star. And so I had to learn how to cope with the fact that I'm only human. And right now I need to stand on the sidelines. But that didn't mean I'm a sideline man. I'm just not, I'm not, I wasn't built to do that, to dunk and to slam and to do all of those other things and have Nike shoes give me a, a contract or give me a deal. But that's all right. It doesn't mean I haven't been approved by God. I haven't been accepted by God. I'm not in right standing with God, which is the most important thing. And my prayer is that you never feel that. And that you move from your stardom right to the, the, uh, an acceptance of who Jesus is. But for those of you that are like me, which may be millions of you, who never felt wanted or liked, or if you had the potential, life scarred you so much that you just didn't feel it on the inside. Or when people tell you you're nice or you're beautiful or you're handsome, you always see a flaw within yourself. You need to know that you're accepted. By the one who loves you. Not only does he accept and says, you know what? I am your righteousness. But he smears the righteousness on. He puts it on like a, like toggery. He lays it on you. It's called a breastplate. Which means the righteousness is supposed to shine. Be the first thing. Not yours. But it's a breast, breastplate of righteousness. It will protect you from fiery darts and emotions. That come to hold you down. I need to talk about the fall that devastated humanity's core. I say again, I need to talk for a moment about the fall that devastated humanity's core. From the core. Man, by the fall, man, because of the fall, sustained a, an, an eternal and infinite blow to his character. An infinite loss. To his ability as it relates to righteousness in the manner of righteousness. He, he took a major hit when Adam ate of the fruit. When he disobeyed God, man, humanity sustained an infinite loss in the matter of righteousness. He suffered. He suffered the loss of his righteousness in God or a righteous nature. I want to stop for a moment. I said he suffered the loss. Of a righteous nature. Uh, we're watching things unfold real time. In our society. We wonder how can. Someone do something like that. In the broad daylight. Well you need to understand. That man. Lost something. He, he lost. Any sense of righteousness in his nature. Now, I know you would say, well, I never did anything like that. But you need to understand from God's perspective, all have sinned and fallen short of his excellence. Have fallen short of his excellence. His high and lifted up standard. And that core, the core of man, the, 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 the righteousness that was in man was lost. His nature took a major blow. It's a twofold loss. First of all, it is a legal loss of righteousness. And then it is a relational loss. Thank you, God. 
It is a legal loss and then it is a loss of innocence. And that's why I believe every child should be protected and every child should have a guardian and every child should have somebody that cares and every child should watch over, have someone watching over them. If that doesn't happen, you're left to the birds. Amen. I believe that's why God has called me. For some reason, I believe I am becoming the voice of the unheard. I believe he's given me also a mandate to be the voice of truth revealed. Glory to God. I also believe he's given me an assignment to be a voice of wisdom. Glory to God. And I'm praying that one day I may attain to be a voice of righteousness. Can't preach mine, got to preach his. That twofold loss of legal righteousness in the sight of God. And also innocence of transgression. Now it's one thing to have a twofold loss. The legal righteousness is gone. But then there's a physical thing that happened. We're no more innocent. Glory to God. You've seen it. You've seen our children walking around 12 and 13 years old. And they seem to be moved by nothing. Nothing moves them. And a lot of times that is the effect of them watching things that they shouldn't have seen in an early age. Innocence taken away. Once you see a full video, you can't go back till you didn't see it. And many of our kids are plagued. I mean, like big time. And I say it all of the time. I say it from this pulpit for years. In 2007, things changed with the iPhone. Yes, you can run a corporation, but your kids are dying in the backyard because we're in the back room because we're not investigating. We buy a $1,000 phone and give it to them not knowing that is today's modern apple fruit in the midst of the garden. And you see one little bite out of it, right? Just, just let me take a bite, but you don't understand what's in it. Exposed to nature, exposed to things that some of us didn't see until we were in our 20s. I feel sorry for you if you're in your 30s. <coughs> but some not until they were in their 40s and 50s. Woo. Certainly not seven, six, five, four, three, even two. So man sinned. He was no longer innocent of his transgression and legally he lost his righteousness. Man must have a righteousness. Can't bypass this. Man must have a righteousness. Let me preach it. Man must have a righteousness. If you've lost your own, you must gain another. You cannot be naked in this world without a righteousness. There are people who don't understand what I just said. Say, I don't really need no one else's righteousness. I stand on my own. You need a righteousness. Actually, many people today will put on false righteousness or self who I'm preaching? Self-righteousness to take the place of no righteousness. Because we must have 
a righteousness. Hopefully, your righteousness is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knows not God, for God is love. So be loved. Let us love one another. For love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Be loved. Let us love one another. For he that loveth not knoweth not God. He that hateth does not know God. We need a righteousness of God. Or we can't accept God. Or God can't accept you. In other words, God is so holy that unless there's a righteousness, he can't accept you. Glory to God. Let me say it again. God is so holy, man needs a righteousness because it's impossible for God to wrap himself around human flesh that lost his core because of the fall without that person having a righteousness added. If you look at the book of Leviticus, you will see tons and tons and tons and tons and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of animals killed at the brazen altar for the sins of the nation over and over again for 40 years. Every week, 40 and 40, 40, 40, 40. Every week for 40 years, every week. Times 40, 52 times 40. 52 times 10 is 520. 520 times 4 is what? 2,000 and what? 60? 80? I did that on top of my head. Wow. I think it's close. I'm close to it. Maybe 2,080. Think about 2,080 days needing blood to spill. For 40 years. God is so strategic like that. He's what is he trying to show you by the law that I'm so righteousness and I love you all, but I need this blood to be between us. It has to be a river of blood. I, I need the best of flesh because I can't stand the sin and I love you all. So to make myself at least deal with you, you got to spill a lot of blood. A whole lot. Man must have a righteousness. Man must have a righteousness or God cannot accept him as his own. Man must have a perfection. Man must have an obedience. Man must have a will to please. Or else God cannot accept him. And so instead of demanding man to do something that he couldn't do even through the law. He gave you the law but you still disobeyed. He gave you he gave you a chance and you still turned away. I gave you. Even wisdom say, I cry. I cry in the street. But you would not hear. Over and over again, I've come to my people and they turn away. And I turn and then I allow pestilence to come. But if my people were to call by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and forgive sin and heal land. Where is it? Where, when are we going to turn back to God? And when we do, he opens up. But then we do it again. The book of Judges shows us that. 
God delivers them. Gideon delivers them. Gideon is a judge. He delivers them. Once they get delivered, they fall into complacency. God prospers them. Then they fall in complacency. And when you fall in complacency, you'll fall into sin. And then when sin comes, bondage comes. And then you cry out to God because of the bondage. And you go back to the top of the same cycle. You cry out to God. God then hears your cry. If my people which are called by my name, he comes down and delivers. Once deliverance comes, here comes prosperity. Once people start making money, they start thinking different. When they make money, they think, I don't need nobody. I can do this on my own. I can do bad all by myself. And then once that happens, they fall into complacency. Complacency leads to sin every time. Once sin comes in, it brings bondage again. Bondage is this time a little bit more severe and they crowd to God. But at the same time, their heart is hardened like Pharaoh. And it has to be more bondage and more chains until you cry out. That's why I'm preaching this message right now because God has to have a righteousness. God cannot accept man without that righteousness. God has to have perfection. If he doesn't have it, if he doesn't have obedience, he has to have somebody to stand in the gap. Thank God for Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 and 31. It's on the screen. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. Who has become for us wisdom from God. Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. If you want wisdom, get with Jesus. He has become the witness, wisdom of God. That is, he's become number one on the list, our righteousness. This is the wisdom of God. God says there's no way you can do it on your own. I don't care how good you think you are, except my righteousness. Without my righteousness or a righteousness, I think the book of Romans chapter 3 and a righteousness has been revealed through Jesus. Not according to law or court. I've never been to, I've never been to jail. I've never smoked. I've never done these things. I always go to work. Well, if that's your, if that's your mentality and you've never done this, you're going to miss a righteousness. And it is because of him that you are in Christ who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness. He's our righteousness. You can say he's your righteousness. He's my righteousness. And you need to start confessing that. Especially when the enemy tries to make you look like you've never been saved and you feel real bad about the things you've done and you start allowing the enemy to speak that tonight that this message is casting that out. You need to decree and declare I am saved through Jesus Christ. Jesus is my righteousness. Look at the next one. He's our holiness. Now I pre I've heard it preached. You got to be holy. Well how can you be holy? Without his righteousness. Paul said even in Romans chapter 3. They strive to be righteousness, righteous. But the righteousness from the law cannot yield it. It only magnifies the fact that there's sin in you. So he is the wisdom of God for us. Our righteousness. Our holiness. And our redemption. He purchased us. He made us clean. He made us righteous. Therefore, as it is written, let him 
who boast. If you're going to say how bad you are or how good you are in God, boast in the Lord who is your righteousness, who is your holiness, and who is your redemption. That is the wisdom of God. So if you say, well, I want wisdom, start right there. Instead of me declaring my own righteousness or walking around like I've never done anything or sticking up my ecclesiastical nose at everybody who has, I need to become humble enough to say I thank you for a righteousness through Jesus Christ. And the wisdom of God for me from God is simply this. Thank you, Jesus, for being my righteousness and my holiness and my redemption. And if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to smack some boldness boasting on Jesus. Man, Jesus is bad. Bad. He's real bad. He's bad. He's the biggest and the best of all. Jesus is the man. Jesus did it then. He's doing it now. Jesus died for Clark. You wouldn't even know who Clark is, but Jesus pulled me out. He pulled me out of the streets of Bonaire. Glory to God. And he slapped his spirit on me while I was in my mother's house. I couldn't even eat food for a while but he put something on me when I was 12 years old I tried to shake it off but I couldn't shake it off I went in the military and I went to the club they say you look like a bishop so I left the club and came back to him glory to God I tried to fit in I had to swag I knew how to step to it but God said that's not for them it's for me so I surrender all unto him and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're the finest of the fine, but you just didn't fit. You were out there doing it, but you just didn't fit. You tried to hang out with him, but you just didn't fit. Why not get on in this thing and make sure you serve him with your whole heart? That's why he pushed you to this voice. I am the voice of truth revealed tonight. And I'm giving you a word from the Lord. Let God become your righteousness. Step out of what you think and what you feel and receive it from the Lord. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I like verse 16 and 17. NIV. I am not ashamed of this gospel or the good news. I wrote about it in our daily devotion. The gospel, the good news. Because it is the power. Say the gospel is the power. I know people talking about I got the power. Okay, what power? Black power? White power? Ku Klux Klan power? What kind of white supremacist power? Black Lives Matter power? Why not the power of the gospel? Right now, instead of going with these factions, we need to be preaching this. It's the best time. Oh, they're going to tell you, well, you're preaching a white man's God. Let them say what they say. It's still power. Drop that seed on them. Don't get upset. Don't let them get you out. Huh? Anger but sin not. Somebody asked me, what do you think about Kurt Franklin? What do you, what do you think about Kurt Franklin and what he did? What do you think? What are your thoughts, Bishop? They didn't say it that way. They just said, Bishop, what do you think? You know what I said? Let me tell you what I said. I said, all of us have a sin nature. All of us. Every single one of us. And the Bible is very clear. Anger but sin not. Why would he say anger but sin not? Because anger is a part of who you are. And you don't know if you will get there or not unless you're tested. Okay, anger but sin not, which means we have a propensity or at least the capability of stepping into anger to such a degree that we can step over into sin. That's a part of your nature. So we need to guard the anger. 
I can't judge a Kurt Franklin like that. I just know that he stepped up to his son, a very rebellious son from what he says, and someone who's very disrespectful, and he lost it. And the world heard about it. But you got the privilege of privacy because you lost it too. You know you cuss like a sailor. Like a sailor. Then you try to, you know, change it up. Talking about Kurt Flay. Anybody can slap some stuff on a man who has a world platform. But you want a worldwide platform? Don't you know if you do, somebody's going to follow you. Somebody's going to snap some pictures of the stuff you do in secret. Can you handle it? His own son recorded him and revealed it to the world. Thank God Kurt is not trying to preach his righteousness. Thank God that a man is saying, you know what? I'm flawed. I got some mistakes I've done. I messed up big time. But you know what? I'm coming back to the cross. And I don't care what you've done. You can come back to the cross. Kurt and his son can be saved after this and we need to preach the gospel I'm not ashamed of the gospel Kurt and his son can be saved I don't need to know what he said I don't need to go over it I just know all I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God because it is the power the gospel the good news is the power of God for salvation to everyone which believes it's on the screen Romans chapter 1 Verse 16 and 17, first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. Verse 17, for in the gospel or the good news or righteousness from God is revealed. I am the voice of truth revealed. God revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the justified, the righteous shall live. By faith, just defied, just as if I'd, just as if I'd, just as if I'd not sin, just as if I'd never did wrong. That's how clean his blood is. That's why cl- how clean his righteousness is. That's how clean his salvation is. Here's another one. Jeremiah 23 and 6. I don't know. Jeremiah really talks about this. Verse 6, chapter 23. In this day, in his days, he was prophesying of a day to come. Judah will be saved. Hallelujah. Let me just help you. In days to come, praise will be redeemed again. Woo, Jesus. I know praise is suffering right now, but there are days coming where praise will be saved. And Israel will live in safety. The land that God has never forgot will live in safety. Transpose Israel for anyone in the kingdom. Your land will live in safety. Look at the word. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord. Our righteousness. Man, that can preach. Woo. Glory to God. Praise will be saved. Your land is going to be saved. And he will be named or called the Lord. Our righteousness. When you actually, when you accept Christ as your righteousness and you throw down your own and really pick up his and begin to walk in what he's provided because every man needs a righteousness. Then the Bible says your days, the days of your praise will be saved. 
Glory to God. Not only do you accept his righteousness, but the worship that comes from you goes to another level of purity. Ah, when you sing, heaven moves. The vibration that comes from you when you sing praise as he is your righteousness, it causes the angels to step back. Even though you don't have their harmony and even though you don't have their sound, because it's a redeemed sound. They look on you with amazement because they've never been redeemed. Glory to God. I've been redeemed. And when the redeemed of the Lord sing, it shakes even heaven because it's a sound of the redeemed. Glory to God. That's a song in it. Woo. Boy, I need a pen. I can write a song. I hear it. The sound of the redeemed. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. There will be a song emanating huh, out of this place. And God is going to get the glory in our lives again. And when the righteousness is revealed, when you take on his righteousness, your praise will be seen. And what will emanate is the sound of the redeemed. And your land, the lands that we procure in the kingdom and your personal property will be seen. Glory to God. The banks may just lose your mortgage. I'm preaching. They're going to reward you. The banks can reward your mortgage. Glory to God. Somebody should start declaring that. I don't know what happened. They just picked us and said, you don't owe us nothing. Glory to God. Make sure they give you it in writing now, please, please. Don't start talking about that faith and you have nothing in writing. I'm saying decree it and declare it, but make sure they put it in writing so nothing come back on you. But I hear something unusual happening. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30 and 31. It is because of him that you're in Christ. I'm going to go to Jeremiah 33 and verse 15. I'm almost done tonight. Jeremiah 15. And verse 16, I'm sorry, 33 and verse 15. Please write it down. Jeremiah 33 and 15. Jeremiah has a lot to say about the one who is righteous. Look at this prophecy. It's off the chain. To though in those days, scripture says, Jeremiah 33, 15 and 16. Thank you. In those days and at that time. I will make a righteous branch sprout from David. Look at this. Look at the wording. David is long dead and there's no sign of a Messiah. But Jeremiah prophesied a branch that will sprout, sprout from the lineage of David or his line. He will do what is just and right in the land. Look at this prophecy of Christ. In those days, Judah, I see it again, praise, will be saved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's a word from the Lord. All worshipers should start worshiping God right now. Amen. Right where you are, start giving God praise. Your praise will be saved. I don't know what's coming against you, what's happening in your mind, but your praise will be saved. This is the week. We're talking about the righteousness of God. Watch this. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made and I will rejoice. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And the world should be singing with me. This is your day for the righteousness of God to be revealed from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith just as if I'd not sinned. In those days, Judah will be saved. We're living in those days. And Jerusalem will live in safety. Your land will prosper. This is the name by which it will be called. The Lord. Our righteousness. Whew. The Lord, our righteousness. When you say Jehovah, uh, sit canoe to sit canoe or Yahweh to sit canoe, you're saying the Lord, our righteousness. And when you declare it, you're causing worship to rise up. You're causing safety in the land to take place. Then in Hebrews 7 and verse 1, I'll leave this with you and we're out. Ah. The Hebrew writer, we don't know if it was Apollos or Paul. Some believe Apollos wrote the book of Hebrew. And while uh, Apollos went through the upper coast, Paul went another direction. And God used both men as Paul spoke. As Apollos spoke with excellence, Paul had demonstrations of the spirit and of power. Whoever this writing, this writer is, he had a deep understanding of the Hebrew people. And in chapter 7 and verse 1, he says, this Melchizedek. He's taking us way back to the book of Genesis where Abraham had an encounter with the king. We don't know his genealogy. We don't know his age. We don't know where he came from. But his name is Melchizedek. He was a king of Salem. Look at this, a priest of God most high. The scripture says he met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and he blessed Abraham. Look at the word and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Glory to God. He must have been powerful for Abraham to bless him with a tenth of everything. And there are people who think, I don't have to do this. And I don't, they never had an encounter with the righteous one. That's why you have this a do's and don'ts. This has nothing to do with law. When Abraham saw this man, whose name Melchizedek, a king of Salem and priest of the Most High God, he met Abraham when he was returning from his battles, and the Bible said he blessed Abraham. Obviously, the blessing touched him to the core of his nature. Ah, the part of him that was damaged through Adam's sin. The part of him that was damaged through his past. The part of him that was damaged through all of the stuff he went through. The part of him that was damaged when he was taken away from his family. The part of him that was damaged when he lied just to save his life. The part of him that was damaged when he showed that he was afraid. He thought Pharaoh would kill him and take his wife. So he lied about it, glory to God. The part of him that was damaged when he gave gave birth uh, to somebody to his son Ishmael and then to his son Isaac hallelujah uh, and it was a mistake that he made in his own house uh, he was embarrassed for the things that he did uh, but God blessed him anyway and when he met Melchizedek and Melchizedek blessed him obviously he had the sounds of many waters on his voice and obviously he was uh, a man likened unto the most high God 
For Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Glory to God. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also, look at this. King of Salem means the king of peace. But king of righteousness. Now, many people think that God only showed up in the manger. But you need to know that there are times where he manifested himself in the earth. Glory to God in bodily form. Hallelujah. We believe that Melchizedek uh, was likened unto the Son of God that met his man in the midst. That we know Joshua had an encounter with a man that came to Israel, the camp of Israel, with his sword drawn. And Joshua ran out with his sword and said, Are you on our side or the enemy's side? And the man said, I'm not on anybody's side. I'm the captain of the Lord's armies. Take your shoes off your feet. For the ground you stand on is holy. Who was he? Glory to God. When Joseph was a little lad and had a dream, his brothers didn't want to be around him at all. And the Bible said they left the plains with the flocks and they moved into another land. They didn't want to be around Joseph. But Jacob sent Joseph to his brothers to give a report. Hallelujah. He never returned. But the Bible says he met a man. A man called out to him and said, your brothers have left this place and they went yonder. Who was that man that gave Joseph direction that he can find his assignment? Who is the man? Glory to God. Some of us are looking for him on the cross, but he showed up many times. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I can go on and on. Melchizedek is a type of Christ that showed up in the life of Abraham when he needed. Now I want to look at the verse here because I need to read a little bit more before I cut this off. Verse 3. Look at the word. Without faith. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of end of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God. It's right there in the text. Remain a priest forever. Who was he? Who was this man that made or Abraham give a tenth? You don't give a church tenth. You give the man, the one that's called Melchizedek. And when you block it, you'll block your own worship. Abraham saw something. People wonder why they can't go to the next level. They never caught this revelation. There's some things we do. Can the church say amen? I got to finish this. Look at verse 4. I got to look at this. Look at verse 4. Flow with me. Just think. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of his spoils. Now think about what that looks like. Keep it up on the screen. Abraham said, he must be great if he blessed me. Now I feel something and he's changing the core of who I am. And he gave him a tenth of all of his spoils. He didn't earn it. He recognized the greatness. Glory to God. Let's look at verse 5. Look at the word. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi who became priests to collect a tenth from the people. That is... From their fellow Israelites. Even though 
they also are descendants from Abraham. Now the writer here now switches from Melchizedek and switches to an encounter with Melchizedek and Abraham to now Levi, who was selected by God to take up a tenth from his brethren, who also is a descendant of Abraham. So he's showing you a relationship with Abraham and Melchizedek. Now he's taking you away now, tied to Moses. Well, Levi selected to take a tenth from his brethren. The two are similar, but they're not the same. Let's go for it. Next verse. This man, however, did not trace his descendant from Levi. <laughs> Yet he has collected, he, he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now I want you to see this. He's trying to show you that you see the tenth with Moses, but this is different. This is out of relationship. A man who collected the tenth from Abraham and then he blessed the man because Abraham had a promise on his life. In other words, without this blessing, he wouldn't have stepped into it to become a father of a nation, of many nations. Let's look at the next verse. And without a doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Listen to me very carefully. People don't understand how God moves. Abraham said, this is in his own movement. Obviously, you're greater than me because the lesser is blessed by the greater. And when he blessed Abraham, God was showing you that he's greater than the patriarch. And Abraham is the father of us all, especially as it relates to faith. But this man was greater. And you always give up to God. Let's keep on reading. I'm almost done. You got to get this. In the one case, the tenth is collected by the people. By people who died. But in the other case by him who is declared to be living. Levite died. That's what people like to go to the tithe about. But you got to go to Abraham when you see tithe. He ever lives. Look at the words. Very powerful. It's going to help you. Verse 9. One might even say that Levi who collects the tenth paid the tenth through Abraham. How can that be? Levi wasn't born for another 400 years. What are we talking about? The Bible says that Levi paid tithe through Abraham. This is powerful. Look at the next verse. Because when Melchizedek met him, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. I don't know why anybody, anybody, 
We get religious with this because when you tithe and bless God righteously, it affects genealogy. This is, uh, ah, Jesus. You mean to tell me he considered Levi releasing a tithe though he was still in the man's loins? Look at the word. We're almost done. Verse 11. Your perfection could have been attained through Levi, through the Levitical priesthood. And indeed, the law gives to the people established that priesthood. Why was there or why was there still a need for another priest to come? And one in the order of Melchizedek. Not in the same order of Aaron. He's trying to show you that Melchizedek is greater. Called the, the king of righteousness. And when you want to deal with him, whether it's a tithe or just accepting his righteousness, the transfer is always greater. Remember, the lesser is blessed by the greater. Oh, I'm blessing the Lord. Listen, the blessing that's coming to you is greater than your tent. I don't know who, would that, who is that for. I would read the seventh chapter. I, I, I get goose pimples to think that God can see my son when he didn't see form, when I bless. Guess what? Levi made some mistakes. Abraham never saw Levi, but God says, I still saw him tithing when he was in your loins. At Shechem, Levi and Simeon went in and killed the men of Shechem. And, they, and Jacob was very angry and he took away their blessing. He didn't bless them. Outside of the camp. Moses comes along and leads them out. Goes up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights while there Aaron listened to the voice of the people. Build a golden calf, calf, false worship. Moses came down, he was hurt, looked at it. And he screamed out, who's on the Lord's side? Come and stand with me. And the whole tribe of Levi took that move and said, we with you, Moses. When that happened, God lifted the curse off the tribe. He sent all of the firstborn home and said, I want the tribe of Levi, Levi to now serve in the tabernacle. When you make a decision to cross over, I'm going to walk with you, God. God will lift the burden off your neck. The feelings of isolation and all of those things. He even slapped righteousness on you. And the Hebrew writer was able to see. That in Abraham's loin he saw. Levi. Tithing and giving to Melchizedek. Just as Abraham did. And when you sow your seed. In righteousness. You can believe. That God calls you blessed as well. Not only you. But your children. Thank you, Lord. Father, I give you praise for this message. I thank you for Melchizedek, but I thank you for Yahweh Tzitkanu. Thank you for the righteousness of God, which is revealed from faith to faith, for the just shall live by faith. Honor your word, and we thank you for it. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Have your way. 
in the lives of people who are struggling with righteousness. Some are self-righteous, some have no righteousness, some are not trying to do anything right wisely. But thank you for that transfer, that release, that gift of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because God needs a righteousness, man needs a righteousness to be received by God. So we receive your righteousness, Lord, through Jesus. Thank you for this wonderful Passion Week. And thank you for those who will worship you today, this weekend. The ones that will be saved and grafted in. Thank you, Lord, that the body of Christ is growing around the country, around the world. New commitments to you. And though we can't see our members, Father, face to face, I thank you for growing the church. Making it alive and we give you glory for it. I bless your name. We bless your name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.